chaos is everywhere. Everybody, this is Jonathan Gilchrist, host of Chaos at Ringside, and that guy over there. Well, there's no one over there. Um, Mr. Artie Vice is still not feeling well. He uh, has COVID, and we wish him a speedy recovery. It's just one of those things. Everybody's got it. I had it before. Hopefully, we'll never get it again because it was not fun. Get vaccinated, people. Anywho, um, today we're going to do a solo episode with myself, and we're going to do something a little bit different. As I said, this is chaos at ringside. I'm not going to just sit here and talk to you guys about my opinions on AEW. I could do that. And I will get into it a little bit. But I thought would be more fun is if I do a semi-watch along. You can try and sync this up. It'll be difficult. But if you want to try, feel free. There will be commercials because I'm doing this through the TNT app. But we're going to watch the most recent Rampage, which should be January when this comes out. Uh, January um, 14th. Uh, so that's what I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch Rampage. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, we're going to watch it together. I'm going to discuss um, what I see. I'm going to discuss some of the stuff that's been going on, my opinions. When Mr. Vice is feeling better, we'll, of course, get together and we'll have a you know conversation, deep dive, and all that stuff, just like we normally do. Uh, but I thought this would be a nice way to get an episode of Chaos of Rainside out to you since it's been a while since we were able to do one of those. It's been a while. Yeah, sorry. Not my bit, and I'm not funny enough to pull that off. But today, we're going to just uh, watch Rampage and see what happens. I'm excited because I've been looking forward to this, so I hope you enjoy. Oh, before I dive into it, I'll do my business here. Um, Monday's show, which I've not recorded yet, is going to be a special episode of Chaos The Final Frontier. It's going to be the first time DJ Madman is on the show with me. We are going to be watching either... Starship Troopers, or um, what's the other one we're going to do? Demolition Man. At By the time this drops, you'll be able to see which one we did. Um, but what we're going to do, in case you haven't listened to it, if you want, and I'm trying to sell you to go back, is we're going to flip a coin um, and pick which movie we're watching. And that's how we're going to decide. And I'll do my research on both movies, and we'll talk about both movies. We both have strong feelings about both movies for various reasons. I'm expecting a very fun show. Um, and yeah, it's just a way to get away from Star Trek. Well, again, Mr. Vice recovers and we don't want to, you know, leave him behind Deep Space Nine. And he'll get all confused about what's happening. So um, yeah, check that out. I don't know which movie we're doing. I, it's really going to be random, but um, I'm really excited about it. Um, yeah, so we'll do all the other stuff at the end. I think we're ready to watch Rampage. You may hear a little bit in the background. It's because there's no subtitles for me to put on. Um, but yeah, I hope you, uh, enjoy either me talking or trying to sync up whatever you decide to do, but here we go. I'm going to hit play in three, two, one, play. And, uh, yeah, so I'm not gonna, I could, I'm not going to try to skip over commercials or anything. That's normally what I do when I watch Rampage and, and, um, Dynamite like the day after. That's the one good thing about doing it. You miss out on the picture in picture doing it this way. Um, but you can skip commercials if you're fast enough. So, but I'm not going to do that here because I just don't want to screw around with recording too much since we're going to be talking for the next uh, 44 minutes to an hour with commercials, I suppose. It's Friday night, and you know what that means. It's Adam Cole, baby. That's, of course, what everybody knew what that meant. I really do like the, you know what that means. I know it started on uh, Being the Elite, but I think it is a nice little um, tag for them as a uh, company. Um, I So this just happened on Dynamite. We officially saw the... The coming together of the power couple that everybody knew was a power couple in Britt Baker and Adam Cole on uh, TV. I'm pretty stoked about it. I think she adds a nice dimension to, obviously, the elite's power structure in the women's division. Because they didn't, 
I mean, unless you count Brandy, which no one counts Brandy because Cody barely counts as the elite. Um, yeah, they haven't really had a presence in the women's division. Now they have the champ, so that's a good idea. That is, of course, if Adam Cole stays elite and doesn't become... Well, actually, it's been pretty much confirmed. They're going to be a group called, I think it was Paradigm or Paragon? I think it was Paragon. Yeah, because Paradigm would just be too easy with Moxley, so I think it's Paragon. There was a, um, a story that they've uh, filed for trademark and, and a uh, logo. So that should be the name of the group when we get Adam Cole and uh, uh, Red Dragon on one side. And here are the best friends. Best friends. I think technically they're the group that we have to cheer for the most on our podcast. Because, of course, they are members of Chaos from New Japan Wrestling. I've talked about this a little bit with um, Artie Vice. That, like, obviously... I have no leg to stand on, even though I did come up with the name of Chaos as a group um, way before it was ever a New Japan thing. Like, back in middle school, I thought of that, and um, I've always liked it. In fact, that's where the name, I don't think I've ever told this story, that's where the name of this podcast comes from. Um, There's a couple reasons for it, but the name of the overall podcast, Chaos is Everywhere, comes from in my mind as I was creating this group and playing in different video games or even with my action figures. Yes, I will call them action figures to make myself sound slightly less um, desperate, but, you know, whatever. Um, What I would think in my mind is, like, I would, of course, be the main character because, well, I have that kind of ego on me. And the idea of my group was whenever you, like, whenever one of the guys came out and they were, like confronting their enemies they would say the phrase chaos is everywhere the lights would go out and they would um when they come back up you would see the uh, group everywhere surrounding the rain jump in and attack the guy whoever they're feuding with um i i told this to uh Artie vice and it is true with the wyatt family the dark order and a few other groups over the years including chaos from new japan Every aspect of what I imagined my group would be has been done at this point in wrestling, which makes me happy, but also a little sad because I'm like, oh, that means nothing I have ever thought of with that. It was original. Some of it really was before those other groups showed up. Sanity was another one because they had a, their aesthetic in NXT really spoke to what I would have expecting or wanted that group to be when I made it. Anyway. Enough about my, you know, childish imaginings um, and part of how we got to this crazy podcast. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the match that we're seeing. Um, I believe we're probably going to go to a commercial break because usually when people are standing around, it leads to it, but maybe not. But we're seeing Trent from The Best Friends fight Adam Cole. And I have to admit that um, I try to avoid spoilers when I have to watch a show uh, after it airs. But I do know who wins this match. Still excited to see how it actually goes down. So, as everybody who's listened to us for a while knows, Mr. Vice is a huge fan of factions. And I'm just, I'm wondering, like, what do you, I don't know which question I'm going to go for. Because obviously I'm not going to do our what if question. But I'll, I'll put up a question for you guys to answer on Spotify. Maybe it'll be this one. Maybe it'll be another one I come up with later. Um, what do you think of the factions? Do you think there are too many factions in AEW? Like, I'm, I'm, I don't think there's too many, but I feel like that's a, um, that's a place you could easily get to without realizing it. Um, as I've said before, too many factions is not a huge deal. You can always, you know, break factions up and stop them. I feel like wrestling fans fixate on that a little bit too much and worry a little bit too much about factions taking over because they've been fed this narrative by WWE that the NWO and its many offshoots were part of the reason that WCW went under. Um, I could give you a whole lecture on why that's not true, but it's it's just not. WCW, for the most part, could have been putting on the best wrestling in the world, and it still would have gone under pretty close to when it did because the reason it went under had to do with Ted Turner no longer being able to protect the wrestling company in the Turner family and um, the executives being pretty much embarrassed to be part of wrestling. It 
Now, Vince Russo did help the embarrassment by putting on the trash TV that he was doing. If they were doing 96, 97 business, maybe it would have been a different conversation, but um, it was still something that a lot of executives wanted to do for a long time. Oh my God, Panerai! Oh, Adam Cole looked like he was going to do the Panama Sunrise on the uh, floor and pretty much just end Trent's uh, comeback. I'm very interested to see what happens with Trent. Um, they've obviously teased, and they've been doing it pretty blatantly and funnily on um, being elite, um, that Trent is going to turn on the best friends and become a bad guy. I'm mostly interested because, like, I, I have nothing against best friends. I like both of them. I'm not sure if the best friends are a... Um, how they would do singly. I don't know enough about their personality. They haven't given me enough of their personality to really judge how they're going to do when they split up or if they split up. Um, I think Orange Cassidy is enough of a character that I kind of know what he, he's a quantity that I can say, okay, I know what that's going to be if he's just off by himself. It's pretty much what we have now. Just he won't have four people backing him up. You know, which you can either love it or hate it, but at least I know what it is. You know what I mean? By the way, if you're watching along, I'm on my first commercial break. Um, like I said, I don't know. There's no way to control this. So you might have a longer commercial break if you're doing a watch long. You might have a shorter. Um, I'll let you know when the commercial break ends so you have an idea of like when, um, when to match up, if that makes sense. that That's the best I can do for this kind of watch long. Um... But yeah, so let's see here. I think I want to get into a little bit about, a little bit more about Britt Baker and Adam Cole, Bebe. Um, I really like them putting them on air. I um, I think it's just it makes too much sense. They they already look great together on TV. Like I I knew from the first time that like or how Adam Cole's talked about her and stuff, that it would work. But I'm glad to see it translates. And it, it really does make me feel like, okay, this is going to work. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how they play it all out. But also with uh, Britt Baker's kind of stable, which that, that's actually something they've had trouble with, that I must admit. They've had trouble putting together factions for the women's division that have felt good or felt not good, but felt like they had staying power. Like, they tried with the Nightmare Collective, which just crashed and burned. I, that, yeah, you, couldn't, you shouldn't build something around Brandy um, alone. That's just, that's, that doesn't work, I don't think. At least not yet. Maybe someday, but I'm, I'm hesitant and, and I doubt it, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really excited to see Adam Cole and uh, Britt Baker. What really intrigues me about the storyline, and probably shouldn't, it probably shouldn't be my number one thing, but since I am such a WCW mark, I really want to see how the relationship with Tony Schiavone plays out throughout this. Do they, like, eventually turn, like, does Britt eventually turn on Tony and, um, you know, go with Cole? Uh, do they just sort of start downplaying the relationship of Tony? Does Tony begrudgingly become friends with Adam Cole? Do they always play it off as a comedy of like, uh, yeah, we're friends, but we're, um, you know, we're just, we hang out because, uh, because of Brit. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, you can really get some comedy out of that. Like a begrudging, like, okay, fine. We'll hang out. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I, any of those are good. I can't wait to see what they do with that. I know that shouldn't be the number one priority, but again, WCW Mark, very excited also that Tony has signed a new contract for uh, 24, I'm sorry, 2024, through the middle of 2024. It just was announced, I think, today that he uh, signed a contract extension. So he's going to be around for a while to do this sort of stuff. Okay, and I'm back in from a commercial. Uh, so, yeah, there we go. And uh, we're watching Adam Cole and uh, Trent duke it out in the middle of the ring. So, as far as, like... Um, the faction stuff goes, I'm really looking forward to a little bit more of the chaos um, faction from New Japan getting over. Okada is, of course, the big get, the uh, leader of chaos, who, even with the little bit of uh, New Japan that I've seen, I can, like, if you've watched any, you know how good Okada is. It's not even the fucking question. He's just, 
he's good. And getting him to come to AEW and maybe fight CM Punk, which is what's been rumored, that would be fucking cool. Um, and I hope it happens because I feel like a lot of American fans, because it is kind of a pain to get a hold of, um, don't get to really dive into this New Japan stuff. And it's it really is worth diving into. There, Adam Cole just got the boot up. We're going for another Panama Sunrise, everybody. This is a pet peeve of mine, guys, that I think I've mentioned before, but if I haven't made it clear, I do... I feel like the Panama Sunrise should not be a finish. The Panama Sunrise, to me, is a debilitating move. It's like the punt kick um, from Randy Orton. It should be the move... That if Adam Cole hits it in a feud, that guy is gone for a few weeks before he comes back. That is how devastating that move is. But he hits it as a finish, which, I mean, it, it clearly, if it's a debilitating move, it should be a finish. I'm just saying that I would, I think I'd like to take it a step back only because if you keep pushing that envelope, as we've seen, it becomes harder to figure out where you go next. So, but, you know, teach his own, and I'm sure Mr. Vice would say, okay, Jim, you know, because I sound like Cornette, but eh, it's my personal preference. I don't begrudge anybody's feelings otherwise on it. I just, you know, like to share with you guys what I feel, because I hope that's why part of why you're here, to listen to me and my friends who have been watching wrestling a long time, you know, talk about it, and along with a lot of other stuff that we talk about, obviously. Oh, he's going first. Uh, looked like uh, Adam Cole was calling out Shawn Michaels doing a super switching music. I think I asked this on the podcast, but man, I wish the super kick could become a finish. But I think Mr. Vice was right. There's no good way to do it with the Young Bucks and others just hitting like 50 in a match. It's just, it's become like a headlock at this point. It can't be a finish. Just sad, because it really is a, a very good-looking finish. Speaking of New Japan, who and I'm going to forget this guy's name, and it makes me sad, because it's just been a while since I watched. There is a New Japan wrestler who's in Bullet Club, again, whose name I will not remember, because I suck at remembering New Japan names. Um, he's in Bullet Club, and he was doing, at least, I think it's like Desperado, maybe? Oh my god, a pile driver on the apron. Jesus, Trent. Try not to kill Adam Cole. He's kind of the money for the next few years. Um, but he's a member of uh, Phantasm. That's his name. He's a member of Bullet Club. And he's was doing a gimmick about three or four months ago when I last watched. Um, where he would uh, load up his boot. Where he would shake his foot as if he's like trying to shift weights that he has in his boot to the front. So that when he hits a super kick, then it knocks the guy out. Um, I really like that. I really like that it brings the super kick back to a finish. Um, it's, you know, again, my preference, it would be better if it didn't have to be loaded, but you know what? For a heel, great fucking gimmick. I really, I appreciate it. I want to point that out as a super kick can actually get the job done. Also, um, Adam Cole just hit a kind of a more impressive Panama sunrise from a standing position, but did not get the win. Um, I guess that's, yeah, that would be considered protecting the Panama Sunrise because if he had hit the regular version, which he did not do yet or has missed like three times at this point, we're assuming the match will be over. Speaking of super kicks, oh, there's two super kicks, one in the back of the head. Oh, he's, he's really obsessed. Adam Cole is very obsessed with hitting that Panama Sunrise in this match. I think that's um, a little bit of good storytelling because, you know, there's neck and back problems with Trent. Oh, that's a nice counter. Trent just countered the Panama Sunrise into, um... Oh, what the fuck is that move called? Um, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I can't remember the name of the move. It, but it's a really good, um, like, buster. I know it's, like, one of his go-to moves. Uh, if, you know, I'm going to let it go because I don't want to beat myself up, but I feel bad. I feel like I did not do my job there. But... Anyway, they've moved on. There was a near fall, and now we have a brawl breaking out with everybody. And, oh, Adam Cole goes for the blow, blow, you no good son of a bitch. And here comes the boom. 
I have noticed, and I've I really enjoyed this. The crowd has started to ro- time a boom chant, like they say boom when he hits the the move, which that's you know that just shows you how much the crowd loves him and wants to get behind him. But there you go. There's Adam Cole with the win, uh, continuing his winning streak. Um, I mean, we gotta see a jungle, no, the jungle boy. Excuse me. We gotta see a. Um, Hangman versus Adam Cole match at some point in the near future, right? I mean, that's... Where else are you building? Or, uh... Fuck, who's the TNT champion? I can't think of it. Oh, it's because there's fucking two of them, which we'll talk about later. But, yeah. Um, or it's got to be a Sammy slash Cody match, which, yeah, we'll... we'll... You know what? Fuck it. I'll talk about it now. That is fucking stupid. I understand why they did it, and I'll give them a lot of... I'll give them more credit than they probably deserve in this situation. Cody couldn't wrestle. Dustin is an awesome wrestler who looks better than he has in fucking years. Dustin versus Sammy, not a bad match. A very good match and a very good replacement for Cody versus Sammy. The problem is with the title. So all that they did, and you can obviously tell this, all that they did was make that match so that they could book the rematch for what they couldn't do. Meaning, their idea was, instead of just saying, we're going to have Cody versus Sammy, because, or I'm sorry, Sammy versus uh, Dustin, because we can't have Cody versus Sammy, and we will do Cody versus Sammy later, they just said, instead of doing that, instead of doing the thing that you know we've always done, and what makes the most sense if you're trying to present this as an actual sport... We'll just make up a title, and then at some point we'll have a unification match. I, I don't, I don't fucking get it. It, you would have, I don't know. Maybe I should get. Like I said, I'm gonna try and give them credit. I will give them that they did something original. I don't think it was effective. Um, I don't think it was necessary. But it was original. And I, and one thing about originality, you don't know if it will work until you have done it. But I think going forward in similar situations, they should just go ahead and put on a good match that can replace the match they have and say, we're sorry about this inconvenience. We will reschedule um, this title match for as soon as we can have it and go that way. That, that's just, that's me. That's what I think that this has shown. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe as we get to the Sammy Cody match, it'll blow me out of the water. And for some reason, the interim title will make it even better. So it'll all be worth it. Um, at this point, AEW has had enough successes and not as many misses that I'm okay with saying that is a possibility. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I doubt it. I'm, I'm doubting it. Oh, by the way, we're into another uh, commercial break here for me, so I'll let you know when we're back in. We should be back in very soon, so in case you're watching along with this. I forgot, I didn't see what the next match is. Um, I know we have a tag match for the titles coming up. That'll be the main event. I don't remember what the other matches are tonight, so I guess we'll just have to be surprised and wait and see. Oh, it's um, Thunder Rosa, I do believe, versus um, Marce- um, what's her name? Mercedes Menendez. That's who. That's the match. Now, you guys, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, and again, this is my opinion. This, this isn't even an opinion. I can clearly be wrong about this. And Mr. Vice often tells me to shut up about this, but you know what? I've often said controversy creates cash. If this is the controversy that creates cash, great. But I will always preface this with my opinion, not a fact, not even close to a fact. Nine times out of ten, I fast forward for women's wrestling. Just saying. Oh, cool. It's uh, Sean Spears. I love Sean Spears. I don't... I like his character. I like the crazy, like, I like, I like what he's done. I like that he's kind of crazy, that he 
has almost a sexual fascination with hitting people with chairs. Like, that's how he plays it off. Um, I appreciate how he's made himself stand out in a really fucking loaded faction. Um, and he has his own personality. Um, with that being said, uh, he, as good as that is, as good as he's done, he is still the fifth wheel of that faction and is what I think Ric Flair once referred while they were doing something in TNA as the Lex Luger of the group. Um, like the forgettable horseman. So, but you know, I don't, like I said, I think part of that's talent, like the talent that he's surrounded by, which is not a bad thing. Um, but it, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't think this is the match that's going to throw him. This is obviously a squash match with a jobber to further play off of Wardlow and MJF because Wardlow was clearly just forced to come out with uh, his accountability buddy. I love the word accountability buddy. Um, Sean Spears. Although I think uh, CM... What the... Huh. I wonder if that, like... I always, I'm always very curious about... Um, like how far guys can push their, uh, their previous gimmicks. Oh, there it's over. You just hit the running death Valley driver, which I forget what he calls that, but that's his finish. But, um, I always wonder about that. Cause like Sean Spears did a half-ass cartwheel and then said seven instead of 10, which obviously goes to his, uh, perfect 10. I can't remember what it, I love this, by the way, that AEW has wiped this shit from my brain. I can't remember what his name was. I remember Perfect Ten. I remember the gimmick. I don't remember, I think it started with a T, but I don't remember what it was. Which I'm fine with, by the way. That's part of the reason I'm waiting for uh, Brian Danielson to completely replace Daniel Bryan in my head. So I don't make that mistake. That one was on purpose. Doesn't count. Oh, we're getting a promo from Sean after his uh, win. That's a fair point. He was a guy that wasn't supposed to make it. I feel like his best, like his best um, run is going to be for the TNT title. I don't ever see him getting really into the world title picture. Um, I think it's just, it's too stacked. There's too many people upon people upon people that are going, like are in that hunt that I don't think we're going to get to the point where Sean Spears, unless there's a lot of a rash of injuries or something. And by the way, if he got that chance, I, I have no doubt he could carry it off um, and be a good world champion, all of that. But I don't think it's going to happen. But it kind of gives me the vibes of Roddy Piper winning the Intercontinental title. I feel like he could be a very good TNT champion, very good heel uh, champion that could take down, you know, the baby faces and stuff. So we'll see if that Sean Spurs ever gets that chance. But I, I, my money would be he'd be a very good TNT champion. I honestly, well, anybody with these two could do it. But I think Wardlow and him could have been a good tag title contenders but you don't see that a lot and i guess i appreciate that is that they don't just take the others of factions in AEW and throw them the tag titles the tag titles mean as much as the world title in a lot of ways and you might think that i'm being a little bit weird but i realized that that was true at least in my mentality when john moxley lost the um, world title and um Artie Weiss and I were discussing he could go for a tag title run with Eddie Kingston. And maybe this is my mentality because it is in my brain. But in my head, I was like, oh, that doesn't feel like a step down. And that is a weird thing to think about from a tag title division. I mean, AEW has been very good at that. Oh, Jesus. The acclaimed are now on the TV and they're, well, Anthony is dressed as Darby and platinum as caster. Is uh, I wonder who the guy that's dressed as Sting is. <laughs> like, is there a third member of the claim now? 
I mean, I get what they're doing because I, I like, I, I mean, I, by the way, I have to talk over this because, I mean, it wouldn't be good podcasting for you guys to wa- listen to me, listen to a rap song. But know that as soon as we're done with this, I am going to look up this rap song because I love it when the fucking Acclaim drop a rap song about anything. Like, I'm, I am all in on the Acclaim. Uh yeah, no, I'm I'm enjoying it. Like, I, just the visuals are really cool. But I really want to know who they got to play uh, Sting. Like, is, is are we getting a new member of the Acclaim here? He kind of looks like, uh, what's his name? Oh, I'm not good with the members of Kiss. It reminds me of the, uh, the cat-faced member of Kiss. Not Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley. I know them. But I know there are two other members. The one that's uh, dressed as a cat. I can't remember who it is, though. I see that all the time on social media, people jumping in the snow. Anthony Bowens just jumped in the snow and did a, uh, like he's aping Darby Allen, so he's jump, like supposed to be jumping off a building, but it's like a two-inch drop into the snow. Um, but I see that on social media where people drop into the snow and then like without a shirt do snow angels. I'm like, I fucking hate the cold. It's freezing here, and I do not want to exist outside. So... Oh, okay, so we moved on to a six-woman's uh, tag. Uh, legit Layla Hirsch, Red Velvet, and uh, Chris Statlander versus, it looks like, The Bunny. Um, the, the Bunny, what's her name? Uh, fuck. Penelope Ford and uh, Nyla Rose. So that's what we're doing now. Um, this is a good place to address this. Because uh, I just read this today. Apparently, WWE has come out and said that, um, again, they've done this before. And that's how we got the name Blood and Guts for the fucking war games. Um, they came out and said that the No Holds Barred match, which I really did enjoy, uh, despite what I was saying earlier. I really did enjoy the No Holds Barred match with um, Ty Conti and um, Anna Jay with uh, Penelope and... Uh, uh, the bunny. Um, but they, WWE loose statement like, oh, this blood and gore and blah, 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 blah. It, it's barbaric. And we had this, you know, we had stuff like this in the Attitude Era, but we know it doesn't work in this day and time. Which one to me just comes off with um, pandering, pandering to people that don't like that type of wrestling. Which there's a lot of people that don't. They don't like blood. They don't like, you know, the hardcore violence. Which is fine. It can be too much for me sometimes. Um, Jen, whenever she watches uh, wrestling with me, if we get to a match that's bloody, she usually just can't look. She looks away, which I completely understand. Um, but you know what? It's The way they also played it is they said that it was unsafe, and that's just fucking bullshit. If it's done by professionals which I believe it is being done by professionals, and it's done um, with the knowledge that everybody's going to be tested because I feel like I feel like it's just like any... This is a bad comparison for some people, but it, it's really apt. The porn industry, you get tested every fucking you know, six weeks or whatever it is to make sure you don't have any kind of transmittable diseases. With wrestling you know way beforehand that you're going to blow off an angle with a match with some blood. Fucking get everybody tested. Make sure that everybody knows how to blade properly. And with just Dustin in the back, they have a lot of knowledge on how to blade. If you haven't followed Dustin's career, he's become pretty much the de facto master of it, I would say, at this point. Um, not that it can't go wrong, but you, you know, just be careful and you know you're safe. It has nothing to do with making it unsafe. It has to do with WWE doesn't like the image that the violence um, and the blood brings to wrestling. But you know what? It's been a part of wrestling forever. As long as it's done safely, shut the fuck up. It's a way to differentiate you from your competition. And it's a way to pay homage to a very well-used tradition in the wrestling world. Plus, they don't fucking do it every day. Uh, by the way, I'm at a commercial again, so um, I'll let you know when we're back into it. Um, I'm really curious. Like, I hope this uh, episode turns out right. I think I'm having fun. I hope you guys are having fun. 
I wish it was. A, I wish there was a way I could like um, be on Twitch or something where I had live feedback and see how you guys felt about this. But whatever, we'll see. Like, I hope you guys are having fun with this because I like this, and um, I may use the. I mean, we might do this again. We might when Mister Vice feels better watch some because we do that occasionally just for the fuck of it. Anyway, we. By the way, I swear a lot more when I'm just casually talking to you guys. That's that's part of who I am in real life. I just I like to swear. Uh, so, so that's part of the reason this podcast is always labeled explicit, even though most of the time we probably don't get that explicit. It's because if I get comfortable enough, I'm going to swear. But yeah, we might do this again with Mr. Vice. I think um, he and I occasionally watch stuff together over the phone just because we like to uh, hang out and talk. So maybe it'll be fun to do a podcast. Um, but where was it? Oh yeah, so... Fucked WWE with their blood shit. Clearly just causing shit for shit's sake. <sighs> I do, um... I, I don't know how I feel about this. I like the fact that the six-man... Or six-woman tag is happening. Because it gets these performers on the card. I am actually a very big fan of Layla Hirsch. Um, she... I, I don't know if it's the authenticity. Or, or what it is. But yeah, I just, I really like her style. And when I say authenticity, I mean the fact that she's, you know, clearly a shooter. She's, you know, she's had, she's done amateur wrestling. She could clearly tie most of these girls into knots if she wants to. And I, you know, just comes off as authenticity. And I really enjoy that. So. But yeah, I think um, it'll be interesting to see Chris Statlander. Um, get a chance at the uh, world women's world title. I'm very interested to see who gets the first shot at the TBS title. I did see something from uh, who was it that said it. It was I think it was either Bully or Mark. Maybe it was Jim. This might have been a Jim Cornette thing that I actually agreed with. Um, he, or Vince Russo even. I I follow like four or five of these guys. I partially for entertainment, partially to keep up on what they're saying in case they say outlandish shit for our podcast. But I can't remember exactly who said this, but somebody pointed out that putting Jade Car... Gar- yeah, guard, putting Jade, because I can't fucking say her last name right now, as the TBS champion is a fine idea, but as a heel, to have her up there with her fucking kid at the end, like, I have no problem with her kid being a part of the celebration nothing like i get it like you know a real human moment great you're playing a heel in wrestling AEW should not have put that on tv they should not have put it up on social media it would have probably still got on anyway you could still do it but i would have made a point um again fantasy booking as if i'm tony khan um i you know there but for the grace of well my Bad decisions, I suppose. Not even bad decisions, just not having millions of dollars. I I think is the main decision. Um, But if it were me, I would not have let that on our official AEW fucking stuff because that's a fucking face move. Ricky Steamboat comes out of WrestleMania 4 with his baby in a fucking matching outfit. That's a face move. It's not a face move I particularly like. But it shouldn't be done by heel, especially heel that you're setting up to try and be a dominant champion. And I have my own feelings about whether or not she was ready. But you know what? If that's the direction you're going to go, don't fucking fuck with her heelness. That's the one thing she's actually pretty good at. Um, Even if you don't like her wrestling, her heel persona is pretty goddamn good. I feel like there's a very specific person, and it might just be Penelope Ford, is like the only person flexible enough for Chris Statlander to put her in that, her submission hold, in the way that she just did. Like, she went over Chris's head, and the way that she bent, you have to be a very specific type of, type of flexible to actually pull that off. Oh, going for down the rabbit hole, which I think is a, like, a reverse crossroads, which I'm fine with. I just, I think that's what it is. That's what her name is. Uh, nope, Blue Thunder Bomb. Just like for Sammy, um, Zane did not get the job done. 
Oh. So another big thing. I know we we well we've been focused on AEW right now. I know we said we're going to focus it mostly on that chaos at ringside. But I do want to point out that the other big women's thing is the uh, Royal Rumble coming up. I'm not a big fan of WWE giving away all the fucking surprises. But at the same time, it's it's made it much more likely that I, as a fucking re, um, I was gonna say relapsed, but there's another word, but I can't think of what it is. But um, I, as a person that does not watch WWE anymore, there is now a much bigger chance that I will at least check out the Royal Rumble matches. Um, so I, I think that was clearly the strategy, and you know, kudos, it worked. Um. Yeah, kudos. I, I have to give him credit for that. But uh, at the same time, I hate surprises being spoiled. But I do notice that all the surprises are in the women's Royal Rumble, uh, making you assume and making a lot of people on the internet obviously assume that the um, men's Royal Rumble will also have surprises, including some forbidden door surprises. Um, so there you go. But um, also it does show something, and this was this might be the question I put up because I think I had this question in my head um, for the last time we were supposed to do Chaos at Ringside but had to be canceled, which was quite a while ago at this point. Um, I had this idea in my head. The question would be, what makes Vince McMahon a wrestling genius? The reason that question's in my head is because Vince... Vince is obviously the fucking name in wrestling. You can't deny that. He's beaten everybody. He's done everything. He is the head of the empire still. But, like, when you think about it, what does he do that is more revolutionary than everybody else? Okay? It's not come up with original ideas. He does have a few, he does have quite a few good ideas to his name. However, a lot of the things that are the really good stuff is stuff that he built on from elsewhere. So, like, Hogan already had Hulkamania in AWA. Comes in, Vince um, puts his marketing machine behind it, boom, becomes Hulkamania. You know, that we know. Fucking Austin in ECW has figured out, maybe not Austin 316, but that fucking surly... Don't give a fuck. I'm going to do what I want. Badass. That was in ECW. And in fact, they tried to put the ringmaster on him. It was only after Austin said, no, fuck this, that Stone Cold is born, by going back to that. And again, I think that, and this is, I think the answer I come up with is by putting the marketing machine behind Austin. And, um, I, yeah, I think that I think that's the genius. I think when I really boil it down, that is Vince's genius, is that he is very, very good at knowing what to sell and how to sell it to the nth degree that no wrestling company that I am aware of has ever even come close to approaching. None of them. And we were watching Boy Meets World uh, last week, and I talked about how there's a huge difference between how Vader is portrayed in that show when it's a, he's a WWF guy and when he's a WCW guy. And the difference is the fucking marketing machine of WWF, um, even in that instant, inst even in that situation, I was gonna say instance, um, fucking just blows it up. By the way, while we were talking, the commercial ended obviously, and. Um, Jay Lethal came out and challenged, uh, it looks like challenged, um, Ricky Starks. And I'm all about that match. Also, I want to point out something because this is always, always my place to bitch. Um, Jim Cornette is a huge Jay Lethal fan and he's right to be so. But, uh, I read something where he was bitching about how, oh, you bring Jay Lethal in and then you just put him on dark and shit. You don't do anything with him. Like, this has to be one of those instances where he's playing a character because there's no way he's 40 years in and is that fucking stupid. If you if if you don't understand it, they brought Jay Lethal in because ROH went under very suddenly and they did not expect to have that opportunity. 
they use the TNT Open TNT Open Challenge to showcase it, as they've done with many other people, and it went extraordinarily well. However, they did not have a storyline set up for him because they didn't realize they were going to have him. So what they did was they put him on dark, not to bury him, like Jim said, but to let him work with young talent who are hopefully going to be the future of AEW and make them better, which helps the whole company as a whole. In letting him do that for those few weeks, it allowed them to do the writing they needed to get to Jay Lethal, helps out Dante Martin, becomes part of this feud with Team Taz. And by the way, um, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but instantly I'm like 10 times more fucking stoked on this uh, Team Taz angle right now than I was. Just instantly. I, I love this idea. So I, I think it was a great idea. I think that Jim must be just trying to stir the shit because there's no way with his amount of experience he couldn't have, he doesn't know why they did that the way they did that because, like, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, how many times have we seen that over the years? Um, to better or worse. But people, you get an opportunity you didn't see coming, but you can't just fucking rewrite everything on a dime. Um, you need time to work it out, work out what you're doing, and find a slot for that person. And I think, honestly, I've seen this blow up in places. I think AEW did this exactly as as well as you want it to happen. Um, so yeah, uh, by the way, we uh, I don't know what they said because I don't have subtitles, but we just saw the... The interview, um, the Rampage interview for the main events. Um, I, yeah, it, it is what it is. I think it's going to be a good match. I don't think um, Dark Order, Silver, and uh, Reynolds are going to take away the titles. It's just, it's one of the things that's a problem with wrestling. It isn't, it is scripted, and it's just like, the, you have to, in order to do that, in order to surprise me in this match, you would have to have two of the hottest tag teams going right now. Reynolds and um, Silver would have to be so fucking hot that them winning would be equal to or greater than uh, Jurassic Express getting their win finally and getting their titles. And that just doesn't, never comes up. So... You know, usually the first two or even three fucking um, title matches for a new champ are pretty much just throwaways. But I'm still looking forward to the match. I really do love Silver and Reynolds. Um, I think maybe one day they can go out on their own and be tag champions. In fact, I have a whole storyline in my head for the Dark Order, which I would love to see happen, but I don't know if it will. In fact, um, they've come out and said very specifically that they don't want to... Not that they don't want to work with Bray Wyatt, but that they're not going to do anything where he tries to take over the Dark Order. And my storyline would require at least being on that wavelength. Um, the storyline I came up with was Bray Wyatt comes in. He doesn't try and take Brody's spot as the exalted one. Um, he calls himself the torchbearer and says that he... Can, that he knew Brody better than anyone, that he can understand Brody's mind better than anyone, and he and basically manipulates the situation so that he becomes not the leader, but the one that speaks for Brody. So Brody's still the leader, but he's the one that speaks. And then you've got the guys like Silver and Reynolds who say, we're not going to fucking listen to you. You're a liar. You don't know what Brody would have wanted. He left you for a reason. And then you get to split them off as the good guy version of the Dark Order. And you get a nice storyline war between those two factions. Um, but like I said, I don't, I don't know. One, I don't know where Wyatt's head's at as far as wrestling. Two, even if they did come in. Um, I don't know if they would consider that too disrespectful to Brody's memory. Honestly, I think it's a really cool way to pay homage to him. But um, then again, no one's hired me for an AEW writing job. If you're listening, Tony Khan, and I know you're a big fan, please, please hire me. I will work for next to nothing because I already do that. But I will spend my whole life 
finding nothing but ways to make your company better. And um, I will put all my life energy into that. Oh, there's Anna J with the Dark Order. No Stu Grayson. I mean, he's still got Evil Uno, so that's fine. I think they're just... Um, I do... This is like an unwritten rule with AEW, but they do have a very like specific second policy. Like, usually if you have one guy with with you, then um, the um, the opposing side can have one guy with you. I don't, maybe Anna J doesn't count. So before this match uh, gets underway, I should point out uh, or talk about the uh, the Marco stunt incident. Um, so well, not incident. Marco stunt. It looks like maybe done with AEW. Um, he wasn't a part of their victory celebration. Jurassic Express. He hasn't been seen on TV since September. Um, Tony Khan. Um, I think this is a really cool thing. Like not even in a charity way, just in a. This is a nice, this is a respectful way to do business. Tony Khan has basically made it clear that in AEW, unless you have a behavioral thing, um, your contracts will run their course. We can decide not to renew your contract because we don't have anything for you, but we're not going to be like there to be and just fucking release you at a moment's notice. Um, we're going to say, okay, we've done our part or we've done what we can but we're going to part ways. We have nothing for you right now. It's not, um, like it still sucks for guys that that'll happen to. But if I had to work for someplace, that's the way I'd want to fucking work for a company, you know? Um, but yeah, it looks like according to a lot of the internet sources, Marco stuff might be there. And in, honestly, in my opinion, I don't see an issue with it. Um, I never was sold on Marco Stunt as part of Jurassic Express. Like, I found him entertaining enough, I guess. He grew on me, but he never... Like, when I first saw him, I was like, oh, I don't really think they need him. And I think part of his biggest drawback is not even... I'm not one of those people that'll say that you have to be a certain size to be a wrestler. Uh, I think it's just been proven wrong too many times. What I will say is that if you are a certain size, you have to learn to wrestle to that strength or wrestle to the strengths of that. And I don't think Marco Stunt um, has that yet. Maybe maybe he goes away and gets it. But he doesn't wrestle well. He, well, he doesn't wrestle as the underdog to the level that you need to at his size. Like, Marco Stunt wrestles um, as... As if he's Jungle Boy size or bigger. Which, you know, you think to yourself, why can't he do that? Well, it's just, it's about the storyline. He needs to, he needs to elicit from the fans that, oh, like, why are you beating the shit out of this guy? Man, come on, evil heel. He can do it, but he, he doesn't because he doesn't wrestle that way. He, he, um, at best elicits, um, people liking him. Because they like him, but from a storyline point of view, what do you, there's nothing to do with him, if if I'm being honest. So, that's that's my opinion. Again, I I might be wrong, but that that's where I feel. I sit with Marco Stunt. So if he goes away, as Jr. would say, and learns a new hold, that being wrestling like uh, Rey Mysterio or even Darby Allen, um, maybe there's something for him down the line. But right now, I don't think. Is too much is lost for AEW um, by not renewing his contract. By the way, John Silver, a guy that's pretty good at wrestling the underdog to a certain degree, um, but he also has the advantage that even though he's shorter, he has bulked himself up to a point where he can throw guys around. Marco Stunt has not done that. Um, but... So, like, yeah, I think John Silver has it in him when he needs to to play the underdog, but because he's bulked himself up so much, he can do what Marco Stunt wants to do and wrestle um, as if he's bigger than he is. Does that make sense? And I might be talking on my ass, but I really do feel like that's what's going on there. Nice double team from John Silver and Reynolds there, an aided suplex on Jungle Boy. Uh, 
Oh, they just went to a commercial break. Just so everybody knows I'm on a commercial break. But we can't watch any picture in picture, even though it's restaurant quality. Because you don't get to watch those on replays. Um, I don't think there's anything else while we were watching AEW that has really stuck with me. Um, oh, we never did talk about the big swole controversy. I honestly, I don't, I don't know if I have a strong enough opinion on it one way or the other. I will say to me, it seems a little bit un, um, baseless, maybe. Like, you're too, she swole's entitled to her opinion. I understand what she's saying, and that up until Jade Cargill, there, well, she said there was no um, black champions, but, you know, I think Scorpio Sky would count as an attack champion or whatever, but I understand what she was saying. But I think she was also saying that a two-year company hasn't had enough diversity when they've had maybe 12, 13 champions overall for all of their titles. And, but with that, with saying that, you've got competitors like a, a trans woman like Nyla Rose, who also happens to be, I believe, Native American. You have Scorpio Sky, you have now Jade Cargill. Um, I'm not saying you can't have more diversity. I'm just saying I don't see specifically holding people back to, like they did back in the day, to keep people away from the title. I don't see the the shit that happened with Muda where, you know, the white promoters were saying you couldn't have a Japanese fucking world champion because he's fucking Japanese in like 1990 in WCW. I don't see that. Um, but again, I don't know. Um, it could just, and again, you know, who knows? That's her opinion. Um, that, that's fine. I'm just, I'm giving you my opinion. That's what, it, that's how I see it. I'm also a straight cis white man you know fucking 30 something guy from the that grew up in a country town of no diversity to speak of um so you know what i i clearly do not uh have any like to stand on nor should i um because i do have a lot more privilege than i even i'm aware of so um, with all that being said, going forward, I really would love to see more diversity in the championships. I'm just saying I don't think AEW has purposely avoided it. Um, but I would love to see Scorpio Sky as a TNT champion. I would love to see um, Jay Cargill maybe get the chance at the uh, World Women's title. Um, yeah, I just I want to see Thunder Rosa as the World Heavyweight title holder. I want to see Jay Lethal maybe get a shot at the world title and holding the world title for a while. There's, you know, there's a lot of guys that deserve that push. So, guys and girls. So, yeah. And, and my honest opinion is I think we're going to see that as we go along, as we get, you know, into our fifth, sixth, you know, whatever, as, as AEW continues to grow. I hope I, um, I really do hope I um, said that's very... Um, it looks like I might have to stop this, guys, and we'll have to come back. So, um, because just so the cards come out. So I'm going to stop this, and I will be right back to finish up our Rampage. Hey, everybody, I'm back. Um, sorry about that. It, Anchor app can be sometimes a little weird with, uh, amount of time we get to do stuff. Like, sometimes we can record two hours, and it won't say anything about us uh, needing to, you know, stop. Sometimes it's... Like it just did, said I was coming close to an hour and it was going to kick me off. Go figure, whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to finish up our rampage. We're almost done. I'm at 3901. If you're watching along, that's where you should be with me if you wanted to continue on. I don't know how close you were because, like I said, the commercials, there's no way to control those. So, 3901, if you want to finish this up as a watch along and hit play in three, two, one, play. And uh, we just saw Luchasaurus do his, I think it's becoming a signature of a choke slam of one competitor onto another. Um, oh, I wanted to just finish up my diversity talk there as I hope that I uh, did a good job eloquently explaining my point of view. Um, 
at the end of the day, really, I just, I want to see everybody um, represented in wrestling because I believe wrestling has something for everybody. So the more, more representation, the better, as far as I'm concerned. And I, I think that's what we're going to get in AW and WWE. I would, I'll give them credit. They, they were slower than they should have been, but I think they've, um, they've definitely over the past few decades or a couple decades at least have uh, really up their game as far as making sure that it's talent that's uh, recognized more than anything else. All right, so back into this uh, Jungle Boy uh, Silver Reynolds match. Um, yeah, so far it's been a very good match as I knew it was going to be. Uh, I it's not even that I'm against them. Like it's not even like that I'm not excited because of the match. It's really just that like part of me comes back to wrestling because I keep thinking to myself, what if fucking Silver and Reynolds does win? And every once in a while they'll get me. Especially AEW, they can they still have that. AEW's got the advantage of being young, so there's not a precedent that I'm watching for. That oh my god, they're going for a huge tower of terror. Whoo-hoo, that was a good one. So just for anybody not watching along, um, Luchasaurus power bomb Silver. Silver had um, had a Jungle Boy, I believe, in a yeah in a German lock. And then Reynolds was set up for a superplex. So they all went over in a Tower of Terror if you're just listening because you like us. Which, by the way, if you're not a wrestling fan and you're just listening because you like us, I like you too. Thank you. Um, Tower of Terror is just a, a name for a move out of the corner where like a, like four, five, six guys all throw each other and it all just comes into a giant pile. They actually look pretty cool most of the time. Although I think Tower of Terror, well, besides being a Disney thing, I think if um, you tried to say it on AEW TV, Vince's lawyers would be there like, ah, we came up with that. Don't don't mind Disney, but we came up with that in this wrestling context. Oh, nice. That has some good fucking teamwork by Reynolds and Silver. Um, there's like 50 moves in that. It was an Enziguri super kick, powerbomb, jackknife pin. By the way, not bitching because I really did enjoy that. Also, there was a stunner involved. I really did enjoy that. I do like that's part of the problem is that like they hit five moves in a row, and um, most of those moves at one point could have been finishes, and uh, Jungle Boy kicks out. That like you might not understand that if you've grown up with this kind of wrestling or you've you know you're younger or whatever, but. That that's that makes it hard to have a place to go. Do you know what I mean? Like it just does. But yeah, that's me. That's my that's my old fogiest of opinion, and I'm aware of that. Oh, Jungle Boy just took out Evil Uno for no reason, even though his name is Evil. He's actually a very nice guy. Actually, thought. Oh, there's a there's a destroyer off of. Uh, Luchasaurus, which, again, never mind. I've harped on enough. I'm going to stop. I'm starting to repeat myself because I've been doing this long enough. But also, that was a really good destroyer off of, like, a poetry motion destroyer. That, oh, that, that just looked cool. Um, oh, well, I'm thinking about because he's out there. I like Christian being a manager for these guys. I, I like that. I like, um, I like the chemistry there. I think it's, again, showing that AEW's gotten very good at using legends, not only in the ring, but using them as, uh, as like, the inspiration for the younger generation. So, I think it's all over. I think that's the three count. I, I wonder... I'm, and one thing I need to get better at is remembering names of moves in AEW, because I don't know them all that well, but I do know that the, um... The face buster move that uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy just went is their finish and there's a name for it, but I can't remember what it is. Well, there you go. So, 
So yeah, that's um. I mean, we got a little bit of time, but that'll be the pretty much the end of Chaos Rings. I know something. Nope, looks like they're going to the next episode. So that'll be the end of Chaos Ringside. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, sitting down with me and watching Rampage. Um, I hope I was entertaining, even though I didn't have my. Um, I was gonna say my better half. That that's too much like a married couple, but you know, my friend who I miss uh, dearly, and I hope he's feeling better. Um, as we're recording, I have not talked to him in a few days, but I know that COVID is just it. It fucking sucks. It it um it wiped me out for a solid week and then lingered enough to kick my ass for another week. So uh, I hope he gets better. I hope um, we hear from him soon. I don't know what this is going to mean for WrestleMania 12. Um, that has to do with partially with like our access to Peacock and stuff like that. Um, I'm still planning on doing it, but it all depends on like when he feels up to it and how he's doing. I won't, I don't want to do that by ourselves. So I will make this promise. If we do not do WrestleMania 12 before the end of this month, when we get back into wrestling, the first thing we will do before we do like our next WCW pay-per-view, we will do WrestleMania 12 and we will compare it to the um, Uncensored from 96. So we won't leave you guys hanging indefinitely, but it might be be a little while down the road before we actually get to WrestleMania 12. Although, spoiler alert, we're watching WrestleMania 12 where Shawn Michaels becomes the world champion for the first time in a really good fucking match and we're putting that up against Hulk Hogan in the Cage of Doom. Um, you should be able to figure out who's going to win this one, but um, I really do want to watch WrestleMania 12 with you guys, so we will get to that. I promise. Um, as far as everything else goes, like I said, check out Monday's show. I haven't recorded it yet, but I bet you it's going to be cool. And um, uh, we do have some bonus episodes and stuff in the bank um, that you can look forward to. DJ Madman and I watched uh, Spawn, the movie from 1997. Had a lot of fun with that. He also sat down and he watched the cage match from Uncensored in 96, which he wasn't able to do when we were doing the pay-per-view. Um, so if you wanted his opinion on it, he actually, um, I'll leave it as a bit of a spoiler. I was surprised. I, I was surprised a little bit on his opinion. Um, so yeah, we had a, we had that fun. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we are going to be doing that I can give you right now. Nope. I, I mean, we have other things on our docket, but I don't know what's going to come up when. So for right now, that's all. Um, hopefully, um, our device gets better so we can get back to our regular scheduled Chaos Fall Frontier, but, you know, I'm his friend. I will continue to do whatever I need to do to make, give him the time he needs to feel better. Uh, so thanks to Eric Bowman for the theme song. Please like and share this everywhere. We have seen a good jump in listenership, um, recently. I want to continue that momentum, um, I want people to find us and really enjoy what we're doing here. Um, you can follow the show at, at uh, Chaos Pod Show on Twitter. You can write the show at Chaos Pod Show at Gmail if you have any questions, concerns. You have a suggestion of something you want to watch. You think I'm full of shit for something I said tonight or any other time. Let me know and we'll talk about it. Um, yeah, and uh, I think I said this, but not thanks to Eric Bowman for our theme song. I hope you guys have a good night, and uh, we will see you soon. Oh, and uh, this is not my forte, but deuces.